Shabbat Shalom, one and all. Today I wanted to start the Feast of Tabernacles with a, uh, well, some some of us would consider this a basic milk uh, message, but in today's day and age and what we are facing uh, with the COVID vaccines and the uh, unconstitutional mandates and so on and so forth, I decided to sit down and, and do some uh, research on the Greek and the Hebrew words uh, for a couple of things. But the, the one thing that I want to discuss today is the word moral. M-O-R-A-L. I would like to know everybody's thoughts, um, everybody's opinion on what the word moral means. Because in a time where morals are lacking, for lack of better words, um, it seems like nobody has morals anymore. And I wanted to go into definition on this because one of the attributes that we get from Yahweh, one of the attributes that is given via the Spirit, is the word moral. The Greek has several words uh, for the word moral, and I'll give them to you real quick. Uh, Christotis is one, and it means moral excellence. Areti is the other one, other one, which means manliness, moral excellence, or valor. Um, we get the word ethic from the Greek word ethos, which, if you are familiar with the Greek, the Greek word for ethos, or the Greek word ethos, was translated to the English language as Gentile. However, the word ethos is where we get the word ethic from. Um, and the word ethic simply means character. So you have this group of people in the Bible, which is not affiliated with the house of Israel, not affiliated with the covenants that have a specific type of character, okay? Um, in other words, their ethics do not line up with Scripture. And on that note, I want to be clear here because so, so many people are confused, um, and it's not their fault. It's the fault of the ministers because they're not doing enough research, they're not digging enough, um, it, it's sad. It really is a horrible condition and state that, that the church is in right now because of the fact that the ministers are not doing enough research. Um, the first scripture I want to take you to today is Romans 9, and I'm, I'm going to read it several verses out of this, but I'm, I'm, I want to focus here on the Greek simply because, like I said, the ministers are not doing enough research, because if they did the research, they would find out that one of the gifts of Yahweh is is a moral. Uh, it's morality. 
and the word moral and I'm, I'm going to show you this real quick from the uh, from the English definition the word moral simply means lessons uh, concerning what is right or prudent you're not born with morality you're not born with morals can you receive them via the spirit yes how many how many since since the creation of the earth until today have actually received the spirit and received the morals from the spirit there's not a whole lot and I'm going to tell you that right now, and I'm, I'm being honest with you. You can go through the text of the Bible and find the, the apostles and prophets were the only ones that actually received the morals. The house of Israel was supposed to receive the morals, but because they refused the teaching, they refused the principles, they refused the chastisement, the correction of the prophets, they missed out on one of Yahweh's gifts and morals is one of Yahweh's gifts and I'm going to show you that via scripture to be moral means to be right okay morals is a a and it's you can look this up in the uh, Webster's dictionary you can look it up in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary uh, the word morals simply means lessons um, that are taught from early on. In other words, you, you have to be taught these from, from a young child. And they're taught, and, and the moral is, or I should say the moral teaching is, the difference between what is right and wrong. There are so many today that have no idea the difference between what's right and wrong. They are running on opinion. They're running on belief. And your belief is not fact. Your belief is not truth. Your belief, the word belief itself is the word assumption. And it comes from the soul man. It does not come from the spirit. It does not come from the flesh. It comes strictly from the soul. It must be marismost. Your soul must be marismost. All right. You have to understand. If you want to walk this walk and you want to obey Yahweh and, and walk the scriptures, you must understand the difference between what's right and wrong. All right. Romans 9 verse 25 says, As he says also in O.C., I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which was not beloved. I want to stop there for just a minute. I will call them my people which were not my people. Is he saying, I'm going to call the Gentiles over the Jews? No, he is not. I want you to throw that ideology or that that uh, teaching doctrine out the window because that is not what he said. And I'm going to show you this because it, not only is this found in the book of Hosea, but this is found throughout the New Testament. Yahweh did not reject the Israelites to accept the Gentiles. Yahweh chose those Genta or those those Israelites that accepted him and received him, and he grafted in Gentiles to be a, a member of the household of Israel. The Gentiles did not get their own doctrine and religion. 
There are so many people running around claiming to be Christians or identifying as Christians, and they don't understand the word Christian. It is a pagan word in origin. It does not come from Scripture. That was added later on around, uh, I believe it was four or 500 A.D., uh, by the Catholic Church. The word Christianos in the Greek, actually, if you look it up in the uh, Codex Sinaiticus, which was written around 200 AD, that word does not appear in the text because it's not there. All right? The word that does appear is Christianos, and Christianos means a, uh, a morally right people. Okay? The word Christ, uh, uh, sorry, the word Christotes, which is where we get the word Christos, simply means morally right or morally upright. Okay. Verse twenty-six: It shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, "It shall come." And I, I want you to picture this in your mind. Okay. Where was Oc? Oc was the mount. Of Yahweh where Moses brought the people of Israel out of Egypt and brought them to this mountain this location called Osi okay this is what Paul is reiterating or Paul is teaching to the Romans or the Jews at Rome okay in the place where it was said unto them you are not my people because they back they they backpedaled they Worship false idols. They they worship false gods. And he said, you are not my people. I'm going to cut you off because of your, your uh, murmuring, complaining, your backstabbing, all of that. There, there in the O.C., there shall they be called the children or the sons of the living Yahweh. There was their children, okay? There in O.C., those that walked out of the wilderness and out of O.C. were the sons and daughters of those that were that perished. Three hundred, I believe, it was three hundred twenty thousand in an earthquake. Okay, there are they called the sons of the living Yahweh. Isaiah also cries concerning Israel. Notice it, who it's concerning. It's concerning Israel. It's not concerning the Gentiles. And I want you to get this this mentality. Because that's what ethos is. The Greek word ethos simply means a character. It's it's your character that you were born into. Your character is a carnal character. And it needs to go to Gethsemane and die. Alright? Isaiah cried concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. The word remnant simply means a few, a, a leftover group. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. He's going to cut it short in righteousness. If you could do everything right, and when I say do everything right, and I mean start out the book of Genesis and follow and do everything that Yahweh instructed you to do. It wouldn't take you long to be righteous. It wouldn't take you long to be considered righteous. That's what cutting it short means, is getting back to the basics, starting out the book of Genesis and walking it out to the book of Revelation. It's cutting it short because some people, and I'm not going to name names, but I have known some people that have studied the scripture, the Bible, for 70 plus years and still 
still have never left an APOS age group. An APOS is simply a newborn. When you are born again, you are born again as an APOS, a newborn, and you never leave that age group until you have gotten the sincere milk of the word, as what Paul said, and graduated onto the meat in Hebrews, okay? And I'm not saying it's in Hebrews. I'm saying it, uh, Hebrews 5 explains the process to go from the milk to the meat, okay? <clears throat> because a short walk, or sorry, a short work will Yahweh make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except Yahweh of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been at Sodom and been like, or made, nah, sorry, and been made like unto Gomorrah. Except Yahweh of Sabbath, or the word Sabbath in the Hebrew is actually the word war, if Yahweh of war had not left us a seed. So many people have no idea what that seed is. And that seed is the book of Genesis all the way up through the book of Revelation. That is the seed. It's not Matthew to Revelation. It's not Psalms and Solomon from Matthew to Revelation. It is Genesis to Revelation. You cannot half-ass this walk. And I'm, I apologize for using the word ass. But you have to understand, this is a time period we are now in where the, the Anti-Messiah is at full reign. He is in full power. And he is, he is using you as slaves, and you're not seeing it because you don't know the difference between what's right and wrong. Verse 30, What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness, notice the question mark, what shall we say then? Paul's asking a question, that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? It's a question. There should never have been put a period there. It's a question. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why have they not attained to the law of righteousness? Case in point. Because there are so many, and Messianics are guilty of this too, Messianics go back to the wording of the law to debate, argue, uh, justify their actions rather than reading what the text says okay wherefore because it is not a faith but as it were by the works of the law for they stumbled at that stumbling stone i want to reiterate this because it cannot be repeated and said enough they sought it not by faith what is the word faith? Faith is not a belief, folks. I don't care what your preacher tells you. The word faith is not a belief. The word faith is evidence. Hold your hand there real quick. Go with me to Hebrews 11, verse 1. And I'll read this real quick. Faith is a substance of hope. Is that what it says? That's exactly what it says. Faith is the substance of hope. It's evidence of the unseen. And I'm reading this straight from the Greek. I'm not reading it from the King James or any other cockeyed English translation. This is what the Greek says. Faith is the substance of hope. It is evidence of the unseen. Okay? 
Faith is an actual substance. It is evidence or proof. That's what the word evidence means. It's proof of something that is not seen. Okay? Or it's proof of the things unseen. Faith is a substance of hope. It is the proof or evidence of the existence of a spirit realm. Okay? So many people, so many people are running on belief when this is not belief. This has nothing to do with belief. If you have seen into the spirit realm, you have evidence of the spirit realm. You have evidence of the unseen. So many people are running around, oh, well, I've got faith because I believe in the spirit. The spirit, I have the spirit. No, you don't. You have a spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you have a spirit, you have another gospel, and you have another savior. You do not have the savior, the gospel. You just don't. You don't have the spirit, you have another spirit. And it's called the spirit of religion. It's a spirit of anti-Messiah. Alright? I could get into that, but there's, there's so much more I've got to do. Go back to Romans 9. <clears throat> I'll read verse 32 again. Wherefore, because it is not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Who's the stumbling stone? They stumbled at Yahushua. Why? Because they didn't understand what he came for. He did not come to do away with the Torah. He did not come to do away with um, the sacrifices, the principles, and all that. All the customs of the Israelites. He did not come to do away with that. He came to complete it. As being the ultimate sacrifice. Okay? And when you fully grasp and understand that, that, that does not mean he did it for you. He gave you the example to walk in and follow. Verse 33. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense. Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. And I want to focus on this word on. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That word on means through. It is the Greek word epi, which means upon, on, or through. Okay? So it's not just about, oh, I believe on him, so I'm saved. No, that is not what it says. You have to believe through him. You have to walk through his example. Alright? Philippians 4. Now I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue. This is the word I wanted to uh, define or, or get down into. Because the word virtue is the Greek word. <clears throat> Excuse me. Areti, which means morals. If there be any morals or morality, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do 
and do, and Yahweh of peace shall be with you. Everything that you have seen and heard of virtue or morals, do. I'll read it again. Brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, not evil, he, he does not speak a negative in the single entire passage, not one negative. He says whatsoever things are honest, not lies. Whatsoever things are true, not lies. Whatsoever things are just, not a lie. Alright, just simply means justified. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely or of love, whatsoever things are of good report, and if there be any morality, if there be any praise, think on these things. Real quick, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. So many people, so many people are confused and lost. It, nothing irritates me more than a person that walks around claiming that they're saved when they're no closer to salvation than a criminal. And I'm, I'm putting that as gently and nicely as possible. Because that is what the scripture calls a hypocrite. You cannot walk around claiming to be saved when you're not following the scriptures. You can't pick and choose what scriptures you want to follow. You must follow them all. Alright? 1 Peter 2, verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone... Now watch how Peter words this, because this is detrimental to every one of us. To whom coming, us coming to Messiah, a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of Yahweh and precious, you also, as living stones, built up a pneumaticos house or a spiritual house, and holy priest would offer or priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to Yahweh by Yahshua Messiah. Stop for just a minute. We are coming to a living stone. That living stone is supposed to make us living stones. Do you know what a living stone is? It's a stone that supports a house. If you are not laid in the scriptures and you have not built your foundation within the scriptures, and that's not Matthew to Revelation, that's Genesis to Revelation. If you have not laid those stones... You cannot be a living stone and a supporter of his house. It's just not possible. You have to walk in his example to be a living stone. And I'm going to keep reading. Watch this. Verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He that believes, there's that word on again, which is through, through him shall not be confused. That word confused simply means the mixture of right and wrong. A person that has laid their foundation on Yahshua is not confused between right and wrong. They're not confused as to what is right or what is wrong. There is a clear definition between what is right and wrong. And I'm sorry to say, but if you're voting for a Democrat or a Republic, you are wrong. 
They are both part of the same bird. They are both corrupt. They are both in the wrong. And they've been wrong since their foundation and creation. Alright? Verse 7, Unto you therefore which believes he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, watch this, those that are disobedient, those that do not walk the scriptures, those that do not keep the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, are the disobedient. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. If you are disobedient, you will stumble. Let me be clear. If you are disobeying the scriptures, when Yahweh says, don't eat pork, because he did it's written throughout the Old Testament. It's written throughout the New Testament. Them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. Whereunto also they were appointed. Did you know that if you do not obey the scriptures, you are appointed unto disobedience? That does not mean that you can't change your ethos or your character. That means you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to be retaught from the beginning, from the foundation. Verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. What does the word peculiar mean? Well, I'll show you real quick. <clears throat> the word peculiar is periposis. It means a preserved, purchased possession. A preserved, purchased possession. A preserved purchased possession. How are you purchased if you are disobedient? You can't be. You cannot be purchased if you are still obeying sin. Now, I'm going to read this slow, and I'm going to read it again, so you all understand it. Verse 9. But, you were a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar or purchased people, that you should show forth the morals. That is what the word praises is. It is the, the, <coughs> excuse me. I lost my place, sorry. It's the Greek word areti, which means morals. Alright? When we are purchased, bought with a price, we show forth the morals or the morality of him that called us. And watch what Paul says here, because this is important. That you should show forth the morality of him, not your own, but of him 
who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There is only morality in the light. There is no morality in the darkness. If you look across the nations, the world today, what do you see? You do not see light. You see darkness. There is not a nation on the planet today that has any morality whatsoever, including America. Our morals went out the window whenever we elected Obama. And when I say we, I say we as a nation. When the nation of America elected Obama, they, they threw their moral compass out the window. Because Obama was not, was not a Christian. He was not anything but a very demonic and evil person. He lied his way into office. He deceived his way into office. And yet the people of America voted him in twice. Watch this, people, because this is, this is detrimental. Verse 10, which in time past were not a people, but now the people of Yahweh, which had not obtained mercy. Those that are in darkness do not have mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. I beseech you as, likened to, that's what the word as means, likened to strangers and pilgrims. We should not be citizens of any country on this planet. We are citizens of the kingdom of Yahweh. We became strangers the moment we accepted Yahshua as our Savior. Watch what he says. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. You know what the word beseech means? It means to plead with. I am pleading with you. Be likened to strangers and pilgrims. Abstain, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against not the spirit, but the soul. Your carnal lust, your fleshly lusts, war against your soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Well, wait a minute. I thought Peter was talking to Gentiles. Nope. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, and we should be considered evildoers in the eyes of the evil, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify Yahweh in the day of visitation. That day of visitation is coming very quickly. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. I'm sorry. Yeah, Second Peter chapter one. I'm going to read verses two to eleven. <clears throat> Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of Yahweh and Yahshua our Master, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and righteousness, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and morals or morality. That's what the word virtue is. It's morality. Now I'm going to read this again. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and righteousness through, through 
the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and morality, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I'm going to read that again. That by these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith morality, and to morality, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, righteousness. To righteousness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Master Yahshua Messiah. He that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, <clears throat> give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. I'm going to read this again. Beside this, verse 5, giving all diligence, add to your faith morality, and to morality knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience righteousness. He says to add knowledge to morality. What does that mean? It simply means start learning the difference between what's right and wrong. What is right about Christians paying taxes and Christians voting in people to speak for them when Yahweh gave us a voice to speak with? Go back and read Samuel chapter 8. I believe it's 1 Samuel chapter 8. He tells us strictly and directly what would happen if we chose to vote for people to put over us, to speak for us, instead of us speaking with our own voice? He states that we're going to be judged for it. Skip on down again to verse 9. He that lacks these things, lacks what? Faith, morality, knowledge, temperance, patience, and righteousness, kindness, and love. If you lack these things, you're going to fall, and you're blind. You're still in your sins. He that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Master and Savior, Yahshua Messiah. <sighs> Sorry. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though you know, even though you know it, I'm still going to make you remember it and be established in the present truth. Did he say future truth? Did he say past truth? He said in this present truth. The present he was speaking of was his day and age. He was not talking about 2,000 years from then 
when we think the book is just, ah, it's just a book of fables and tales. No, it's not. It is the present truth. Without it, you will fall. Without it, you are blind. Romans 2. Verse 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whosoever you are that judges. Stop for just a minute. This word judge is the word condemn, which means to cast a sentence on. We are not <clears throat> the ones that cast the sentence. Yahweh does. Are we judges? Yes, we are. It is our responsibility and our job to judge between what is right and wrong. Yahweh laid it out for us. All we have to do is obey it and follow it. Okay? So what is Paul saying here? He's not talking about judging. He's talking about criticizing and condemning one another. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, man, whosoever thou art, that condemns or criticizes. For wherein you criticize another, you condemn yourself. For you that judges doest the same things. If you are doing, I'm, I'm going to use this as a reference. If you're doing adultery or committing adultery, you have no place no place to speak about somebody else in their relationship. You have no place to speak on how a marriage should be or how a relationship should be. If you are in idolatry, you have no place, no right. There's that word right, goes back to morals. You have no right to tell somebody else who they are to worship. You have no right. If you, if you believe that God is a trinity, you have no right telling somebody else that they need to be saved or that they need to come over to your religion because you're in idolatry. There is only one Elohim. And I can explain that further, but that's a different message. <clears throat> I'm going to finish reading this. We are sure that the judgment of Yahweh is according to truth against them which commit such things. And think this, O man, that judges or criticize them which do such things, and do us the same, that you shall escape the judgment of Yahweh, or despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of Yahweh leads you to repentance. But after your hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up to yourself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of Yahweh, who will render to every man according to his works. Yes, you will be judged on every deed. I don't care if you want to profess and proclaim that you're saved or not. You will still be judged for every deed that you have done. Verse 7. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil, of the Jew first, also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good, to the Jew first, also to the Gentile. 
There is no respect of persons with Yahweh. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged, how? By the law. Go back, I believe it's in the book of John, and Yahshua states repeatedly, several times, that it is the law of Moses that will actually judge you in the day of judgment. So if Yahweh is going to open up the books of the law and read where we've broken the law, should we not be keeping the law? It's pretty cut and dry and pretty simple. Let me read that again. For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. Do you know what that means? It means if you never knew what the law was, your punishment's going to be without law. You're not, you're not going to be taken back to the law books and shown, hey, you worship multiple gods. Yahweh said not to. But because you did anyway, you knew naturally, you knew naturally in your body, in your flesh, that you weren't supposed to do that. Guess what the punishment's going to be? There are actual punishments written and recorded in the law. So you're not going to be judged according to the law. You're just going to be judged to death. Plain and simple. Watch this again. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are justified before Yahweh, not the hearers of the law. Hello? If you've never heard the law, how can you be justified before Yahweh? But the doers of the law shall be justified. Watch what he says. For when the Gentiles, or ethos, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are law to themselves. They show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and the thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when Yahweh shall judge the secrets of men by Yahshua Messiah according to the gospel. The gospel is not Matthew to Revelation. The gospel is actually Genesis to Malachi. Go look it up. Because Yahshua repeated over and over and over again to obey the commandments, obey the law. I believe it was Barnabas and Paul that made the statement that those saints were justified, Abraham, Moses, Enoch, Elijah, they were justified, and they didn't have the law yet. but because it was a law in their members. Hello? Watch this. 
in the day when Yahweh shall judge the secrets of men by Yahshua Messiah, according to the gospel, behold, you are called a Jew, and rest in the law, and make your boast of Yahweh, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself, that word confident is also boasting, you boast that you yourself are a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. You therefore which teach another, teachest you not yourself? You that preach a man should not steal, do you steal? You that say a man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You that abhor idols, do you commit sacrilege? You that make your boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonor Elohim? For the name of Yahweh is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, according to as it is written. Circumcision truly profits if you keep the Torah or the law. But if you break the Torah or the law, your sacred circumcision is made uncircumcision. Hello? Your if you break Torah or break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. Same way as it is if you are uncircumcised. We're not talking about flesh, people. We're talking about the spirit. If you are uncircumcised in the spirit and you obey the Torah or the law, your uncircumcision becomes circumcision. You are counted among the Israelites. Because Yahweh said, this Torah, this law, shall be to both the house of Israel and to those strangers that come in. Hello? Is everybody following me? I skipped over a verse, and I want to go back to that real quick. <clears throat> no. Wait a minute. Yes. Back in verse, I'm going to read verse 4 again. Well, let's start with verse 3. Thank you this, O man, that judges, which do such things, and do us the same, that you shall escape the judgment of Yahweh, or despise you the riches of his goodness? That word goodness is the Greek word Christotes, and it means morals. And despise you the riches of his morals. Did you know that morals are Yahweh's riches? The ability to discern between right and wrong is his riches. That's his goodness, his morals. Watch this. Verse, uh, go to chapter 3 of Romans. Verse 10. Well, let's back up. No, let's, let's read verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after Yahweh. They are all gone out of the way. 
they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth morals. No, not one. There's not a single, and this is a quote from David from the book of Psalms. There is not a single person on the earth that is morally correct or that is morally right, and why not? Because for so long, your soul has been upright. Your soul has been conquering and devouring your spirit man. Your soul has been running wild as a brute beast, as the scripture says. There is no morals. There are none that do morals or morality, morally right. None. That, that is a bold statement from David. There are none that do right. Verse 13, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of Yahweh before their eyes. The reason why people are not moral anymore or have no more morals is because there is no more fear of Yahweh. If an atheist can stand before you and say that the book, the Bible, is just a bunch of words, bunch of sayings from 2,000 years ago, We've 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 grown so advanced since then, so technologically advanced. We've we've become scientifically advanced. The Bible speaks of flat Earth, but yet <clears throat> the Earth is a sphere. We've we've figured it out that through science, through modern day science, that the Earth is a sphere. So the, this book was just written in an age where they didn't have the means to study. There is no fear of Yahweh in him. Because he is fully lying. His mouth is full of bitterness. He's using nothing but deceit. I would I think Yahweh knows what he's doing. Hold your hand there and go to Isaiah chapter six. Don't, don't hold your hand there. Just go to Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 9 down through 13. And he said, Go, tell this people, Hear you indeed, but understand not. See you indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Does Yahweh want you to be healed? Absolutely. But he wants you to be healed his way. Not your own. Then said I, Master, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. Holy crap, that's the time we're in now. The land is becoming utterly desolate. Farmers are not allowed to go out in their own fields. 
because of the stupid COVID mandate. All the produce that's coming from the farms and going to the, the stores are being genetically sprayed with hormones, so it's destroying them. Folks, I remember back when I was 10, 11, 12 even, my dad would bring home groceries, and we'd have tomatoes sit on the shelf. We'd have onions sit on the shelf for weeks, and I mean weeks. They would sit on the shelf for weeks, and they were still edible. I bought a, a ripened tomato, just one tomato. I bought a ripened tomato, stuck it on my shelf for one day. One day. By the second day, it was rotted. And there were gnats all over it. And just in one day. That is sickening. Verse 12. And Yahweh have removed men far away, and a great forsaking in the middle of the land. But yet in it shall be a tent, and it shall return and shall be eaten as a teal tree and as an oak, whose substance is in them. When they cast their leaves, so shall the holy seed be the substance thereof. Only the holy seed, that is those that keep the commandments, those that keep the prophets and keep the testimony of Yahshua Mashiach, that is that holy seed. If you are not keeping the law, and I, I am speaking this emphatically, if you are not keeping the law, the Torah, if you're not obeying the law, the hearers are not justified. The doers of the law are justified. You can go to, to Bible study every week and hear it. But if you're not walking it, you will not become that holy seed. It's just, it's not going to happen. Romans chapter 11. And I'm just going to read two verses. No. Three verses, actually. But starting at verse 1, or 21, sorry. Romans 11, 21. For if Yahweh spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not you. Behold, therefore, the morals... And severe, or the morality and severity of Yahweh. Did you see that? Verse 22. Behold, therefore, the morality and severity of Yahweh on them which fell, severity, but toward you, morality, if, if, I want you to show you, I want to show you this word, if. That word, if is the Greek word in. In. E-A-N. And it means a conditional particle. It denotes uncertainty. 
In other words, only if, only if, only if you continue in his morality. Otherwise, you will be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For Yahweh is able to graft them in again. Hello? It's all about morality, people. It's all about morality. Galatians 5. Now I'm going to read verses 22 and 23. But the spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, this is the fruit of the Spirit, okay? The fruit of the Spirit. Once you plant that seed of the Torah, the law, this is the fruit you get. Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, morality. Morality is a fruit of the Spirit. You don't have the Spirit if you're committing adultery. You don't have the Spirit if you're committing idolatry. You don't have the Spirit if you are dishonoring your parents. You don't have the Spirit if you're lying. You don't have the Spirit if you're stealing. You don't have the Spirit if you're not keeping the Sabbath, and we're not talking about Sunday, that is the, the Catholic Sabbath. Did I say Sunday? Sunday is the Catholic Sabbath. Watch this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Morality, faith, faith is a fruit, meekness is a fruit, temperance is a fruit. Against such there is no law. The law is not against the fruits of the Spirit. The law in commandments is not against the fruit of the Spirit. I can't say that enough. The law in commandments is not against the fruits of the Spirit. They that are Messiahs have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in it, let us also walk in it. Don't just quote it. Don't just say it. Live it. Walk it. Walk the walk. Don't talk the talk. Colossians 3.
Verse 5, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. That word mortify means to put to death. Put to death therefore your members which are upon the earth. These are your members, all right? Everybody, everybody. These are our members on earth. This is what he's telling you to mortify. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. To covet something is idolatry. If you're coveting your neighbor's wife, you are in not only in adultery, but you're in idolatry. If you're coveting your neighbor's car, you're idolizing that car. If you're coveting your, your neighbor's songs, you're in idolatry. And for these things, the sake of, or the, <clears throat> for which things, the sake, the wrath, sorry. For which things, sake, the wrath of Yahweh cometh on the children of disobedience, in which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now, but now. But now, it's a contraction, but now, you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his works, and have put on a new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. I want to read that again. And have put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge. It only renews with knowledge. Your, your new man can only be put on through knowledge. And it must be the knowledge of his image. Where do we get the knowledge of his image? Hmm. How about when he showed himself to Moses and said, I want you to make all things after the pattern which I have showed you in the mount. You shall build my tabernacle after all things that I have showed you in the Our body was built after the heavenly tabernacle. Do you know where the heart of the tabernacle is? It's in the Holy of Holies. It's in the holiest of all. Where is the heart? It's his commandments. That is his heart. His law came from his heart. Why would we not keep them? That's his law. That's the law of his person. Why would we not keep it? It floors me and it astounds me how many people think it's okay to eat pork when that is not his person. He did not create pigs to eat. He didn't create snakes to eat. He didn't create alligators to eat. They serve a purpose. Not for our purpose. They serve their own purpose. Watch this. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew. In Yahweh's sight, there is no difference between a Greek or a Jew. 
The only difference he sees is those that obey and those that don't. It's that simple. Circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free. But Messiah is all and in all. That's what he wants, is Messiah in all of us. Messiah was the only one that kept all of the commandments. We are told to walk in his image. To walk in his example. Why would we not keep his commandments? Why would we, why would we not keep them? Titus, chapter 3, I believe. It's either Titus or Timothy. I think it's Titus. Yes, Titus, chapter 3. Verse 1. Put them, who's them? Should be us. Put them, the disciples, in mind to be subject to principalities and powers. This is not government. This this is not uh, Biden. This is not Pelosi. This is not your governors and senators. This is the church. His temple. His tabernacle. I hate to use the word church because it's not his church. It's the tabernacle. Those that are in put in place by him are the principalities and powers, the elected ones by him over his body. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every moral work. I'm sorry, is that what that said? That's exactly what that said. Agathos. Every moral work, every good work, every good deed. To speak evil of no man. To be no brawlers, gentle, showing all meekness, meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of our Yahweh, our Savior, toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, According to his mercy, he delivered us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. How is it renewing? Easy. The Holy Ghost is the one that gives us the commandments. It's the Spirit of Yahweh that gives us the commandments. He gave us the law. He gave Moses the law. Which he shed on us, not just sparingly, but abundantly. He gave us the commandments abundantly through Yahshua Messiah, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that you affirm constantly, repeatedly that they which have believed in Yahweh might be careful to maintain moral works. These things are moral and profitable unto men. I want to read that again. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will, 
that you affirm constantly. Repeat them and constantly, constantly affirm them. Constantly. That they which have believed in Yahweh might be careful to maintain moral works. These things are good or moral and profitable unto men. But, there's always a but, but avoid foolish questions, genealogies, your genealogy does not make a hill of beans to Yahweh, avoid contentions, avoid strivings about the law. What does that mean? It means if you have somebody that's debating with you on what the law says, avoid it. Because it's not useful for you. It's not profitable for you. It is vain. If Yahweh said, do not commit adultery, you don't commit adultery. There's no way to argue that. Although people do. They try to justify, oh, well, she cheated on me first. I don't give a flying rip. That is not an excuse for you to commit the act of adultery. That is not an excuse for you, because your spouse committed idolatry, for you to commit idolatry. If your spouse went out and stole, are you going to go out and steal with them? How asinine is that? You know they did wrong. Why would you justify it by doing the same thing? It's okay for her to do it. It's okay for me to do it. You're still both going to be punished the same. Verse 10. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject him. What is a heretic? Let's look it up. The Greek word heretic is heretikos. A person that is schismatic. A person that tries to cause separation or schisms. Biden is a heretic. Joseph R. Biden is a heretic. What does the scripture say about heretics? Reject them. Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sins, being condemned of himself. Did you see that? Subverted. That word subvert is the Greek word extrepho. And it literally means a pervert. Yes, he is a pervert. He is perverted and sins being condemned of himself. Now, if anybody has any questions, you feel free to text me or email me or you can message me on Facebook. But I, I get so irritated when people tell me, oh, we don't have to keep the law anymore. That is not found anywhere in Scripture. Anywhere. 
they like to pervert Paul's writings to say Paul was against the law. Paul was not against the law, or he would not have said these are the fruits of the Spirit. The law is not against these fruits. Hello? Again, if you have any questions, feel free to text me or comment or ask away. But Shabbat Shalom. I will see you all next week. Well, you'll hear from me next week.